Thanks so much for listening to the very first episode of You'll Think of Something. Today's episode is on icebreakers. It's a really interesting discussion with a lot of specific examples, all of which you can find on the website, www.ytos-podcast.com. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of this topic, we do take some time to introduce ourselves and the podcast in general, as this is, you know, the first episode. Now, before you listen, we just want to remind you to frame this discussion in terms of whatever project you are working on. Are you a team leader at work or on a committee at church? Maybe running your friendly neighborhood book club? Keep an example in mind and make this discussion apply to you and your needs. That's it. Enjoy our first episode on icebreakers. Welcome to the first episode of You'll Think of Something. We are so excited that you're here. And we're excited to be here too. Yes. Uh, we're actually in Kara's backyard. Um, we are recording in the time of COVID and um, we are socially distanced, of yes. course, in her, um, on her patio. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so to start off and kind of, you know, give you um, a little bit of background, uh, we wanted to talk about ourselves. Um, so you know why you should be listening to us and why we're, all, I don't know if we're legit, but. <laughs> yeah, we, we are legit. We're legit, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we want to tell you why uh, we started this and who we are and, and what this is about. So uh, my name is Allie, and I'm a talent and HR professional with lots of experience facilitating uh, in a classroom setting and a virtual setting. Um, I've worked in a lot of different industries, utilities, um, luxury retail, and entertainment. And most recently, I was at Neiman Marcus and uh, Top Golf, which was pre-COVID. And uh, I'm in between roles right now. So many people are. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's probably something that's going to come up a lot yeah, yeah, in our I'm conversation. Yeah, to talk about it. Yeah. Um, I've spent most of my career doing needs assessments, developing training strategies, and delivering those kinds of programs to learners across the country. So I have a real passion about um, learning about other people's perspectives. So I read a lot. And um, one of the things that I gain from all of the things that I read um, are new frameworks from which we can approach challenges differently. So I really enjoy uh, thinking about how we view a problem and how that might impact how we approach it. Um, so I think you're also going to see that come up in the podcast a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, I am married to um, a wonderful fellow podcaster. Um, his oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We yeah, plug. I know. I have to plug his podcast. <laughs> um, his podcast is called H2OMG, and he um, runs it for the Fort Worth Water Department. So if you're really interested about water and um, how that impacts the community and how you have an impact on water, then you should definitely check it out. It's on Apple Podcasts. H2OMG. Dun dun. <laughs> uh, and I have a, a wonderful son. His name is Carrie, and he's almost two. In like two weeks, yeah, he's going to be two. That's coming up. <laughs> That's crazy. In addition to reading, I really love to sew and to cook and to listen to podcasts. So just this week, um, I made a set of bibs for a friend's new baby. Yeah, they're super cute, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Um, and I cooked some mean falafel. And I finished listening to the first episode of uh, Nice White Parents, which was so good. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to talk to you about it. Was it was so good. Um, so if you haven't already subscribed to that podcast, you should probably do that too. Yeah, and also subscribe to this one. <laughs> yeah, while you're at it. Um, so I want Kara to talk a little bit about herself too. And um, yes. so you get to know us both. Yes. Um, okay. So... Um, yeah, so my name is Kara Oropalo. Uh, I'm an assistant professor of practice at the University of Texas at Dallas. Um, specifically, I am a part of the School of Arts, Technology, and Emerging Communication. Um, I love my job. It's super fun. So, um, 
I'm building the creative management portion of our program. Um, our program focuses primarily on animation and games, but also other creative practices. Um, our students uh, love uh, or want to move into fields such as advertising, um, feature animation, uh, video games, um, motion graphics, uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, things like that. Um, and I'm really excited that I get to be the management portion of this creative education. Um, before this, I spent 12 years at DreamWorks Animation, where I worked in production on a bunch of different films, um, like uh, Rise of the Guardians and The Crudes. Um, and then I spent a bunch of time uh, as a department resource manager, or a, um, I'm trying to think of what that that is in layman's terms, um, but it's, it's basically a studio person who um, helps with strategy and thinking about how people move from movie to movie. Um, so I would work, um, for example, on um, helping, and like if animators were rolling off of Kung Fu Panda 3, then we're figuring out, um, are they going to Trolls? Are they going to Boss Baby? Are they going to some other, um, are they going to themed entertainment? And they're gonna work on a roller coaster, something like that. So uh, that was really fun um, to have those experiences, to both work on the films that we were making. I loved working in production. And then also to get that experience on the studio side and to look at the big picture strategy. Um, so I did that for about 12 years, super fun. Um, and then we made the move to Texas. And I guess this is a, a moment to say that we are um, recording this in Dallas, Texas. Um, or somewhere in the DFW Metroplex. <laughs> if you will, um, and, uh, and my husband and I are super happy that we came here. Um, my husband, uh, Brandon, owns uh, an incredible company called DFW Scavenger Hunt, so now it's my turn uh, to do a little plug. <laughs> uh, he owns a, a great company, DFW Scavenger Hunt, uh, they, dfwscavengerhunt.com, uh, they do team building, uh, uh, until COVID they were doing like in-person scavenger hunts for the Dallas Metroplex, but um, since then they've switched to virtual scavenger hunts and have now been doing hunts for people all over the United States, which is super cool. Um, so it's been fun that he's been able to like open his base that way. Um, but anyway, um, I'll be talking a little bit more actually about his work later um, because of today's topic. Um, so team building becomes a part of that. So we'll talk about that discussion later. Um, so anyway, in addition to teaching at the college level, um, I also conduct management training programs, um, you know, on the side with numerous animation studios, including DreamWorks, Netflix, Skydance, Paramount, RealFX, and Micros. Um, and it's been really fun because I get to travel all over the country and even out of the country uh, to work with these different studios. Um, of course, this summer it's looked a little bit different. Um, I just recently completed uh, some training with a movie, uh, an animated movie at Netflix, um, and it was all virtual, um, but it went really well. And you know, at some point we're gonna have to talk about what training looks like in a virtual world. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, virtual, um, the virtual side of all of this is going to be a topic. It's going to be like a running theme for us in all of our, our podcasts right now. Uh, so uh, that's my, all that stuff is my day job. And then um, I'm also a, a mother of two kids, uh, Jack, who's five, and Irene, who's three. Um, I spend a lot of time with them. Um, which is super fun, um, and we also all spend a lot of time swimming because we live in Texas and it's hot here, <laughs> um, and reading and writing and watching movies. I love classic Hollywood um, movies like um, Bringing a Baby and um, Pillow Talk, um, and then I love like a, a romantic comedies, movies like When Harry Met Sally, um, and then of course animation, um, and I could go on for hours about animation, but I will not nerd out right now. <laughs> That will be for a separate episode. Um, I love self-help books, like self-help mixed with management. Things like Daring Greatly, like I'm a huge Brene Brown fan. And um, my, uh, my latest obsession is Essentialism um, by uh, Greg McCune. Really into that one right now. It was I made, good. I made Allie read it too. <laughs> yeah, it was totally worth it. Um, so that's me. That's, that's where I come from. So we didn't just run into each other on the street and 
decide that we were going to do a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've actually known Kara for about a year and a half now. Um, Even though it feels like so much longer. I know. (laughs) Um, So we actually met in a funny way. We were part of a Facebook group. It was like a Dallas Working Moms group. Yeah, Dallas Working Moms. Yeah, so, um, and I think that Kara posted something about wanting to go to the Women's March here in Dallas. Yeah, because I just didn't know anybody yet, and I was like, I want to go do this. Like, where are my political people at, right? And there were like three people who were like, <laughs> I'm going to. And I just happened to be one of them. So then, like, we immediately got big dreams of being like, let's do a meetup. And... We organized a meetup at a local restaurant by the, um, by the... Start of the march. Yeah, exactly. And um, then she and I were the only ones that showed up it to was the meetup. <laughs> but how fortuitous. Yes, exactly. Because we hit it off immediately. Uh-huh. And we were like, oh, like I found my people. Like, exactly. This is it's like just during our conversation, we were like, oh, this is, okay, cool. We're friends yeah, now. So we're going to be best friends. This yeah, is fine. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so that's um, how we know each other. And, and then we started talking about a podcast almost immediately. Yeah. Um, and we just, I mean, we both really like to talk. Yeah, we're both talkers. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. And we like media. We like mm-hmm. podcasts, podcasts specifically, um, but we, we, we like this um, concept of, of, you know, we both come from like a creative background. Mm-hmm. Um, we've both been involved in creative projects, so it just made sense that we would, um, and, and we found that so much of our, our, our interests professionally overlapped. Um, and we, but we're different enough, mm-hmm. like we're a little Venn diagram here, yeah. that we could uh, bring different things to the table and discuss different aspects of our professional lives. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's totally right. I mean, the, this, uh, and you'll learn this, I think, about us as we go through is um, our experiences have been in different industries. Um, they've had different focuses. Um, and also we um, worked in and grew up in different regions. Right. Um, so we bring a lot of uh, a lot of different perspectives to the table. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Allie um, comes from Houston, and I come from Michigan. So those are like two extreme ends of the con- of the country. And uh, to bring that to the table, along with like our very different educations, and like she was saying, like our different um, professional experiences. But then like seeing like the way that they line up, like that's what I find really exciting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about what we intend to do with this podcast so that you, I mean, you know, um, being the type of people that Allie and I are, we like to, Allie and I are, we like to set expectations. So we want to set some expectations with you right now about what we want this podcast to be. Um, so what we're trying to do is create a space for focused discussion on how to be a productive and creative person. Um, whether you're working on a team, uh, on your own personal work, or if it's just in life. Like, you don't even have to be a professional right now, right? If you're just trying to, like, make it work in your life, like, we want to be there for you. Um, So the plan is that each episode will center around a topic, and with that topic will come a worksheet. Um, We will uh, utilize the educational tool Parent Share for our L&D folks out there um, by separately filling out the same worksheet prior to the show, and then we're going to share our answers with each other during the podcast. So we um, have not heard what the other person... We, I don't know what Allie's going to say today, and she doesn't know what I'm going to bring to the table either. So we're hoping that will um, result in some interesting conversation. Um, and that worksheet that we're filling out will also be available for you to complete as well. Um, and, you know, we'll have it up beforehand, um, but we're excited to see how people utilize these worksheets during the episode or afterwards, and we're hoping that we can get some feedback from y'all on those worksheets as well. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Um, in general, I think what it boils down to is that Allie and I believe in the beauty of productivity and the importance of emotional connection in our work. Um, so we want to uh, focus on that during this, pro- this podcast. Um, We also believe that schools and workplaces um, and these places where we congregate kind of overlook the importance of educating people on these aspects, these uh, emotional aspects of creative collaboration. And so we want to be 
that connective tissue that can help people uh, figure out sort of these emotional connections um, within their work and, um, and personal communities. Um, so we're excited that we have an opportunity here to provide people with useful tools and structure so that they can hopefully implement, um, we're hoping that they can implement these tools in their professional and personal lives and projects. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so Kara just talked um, a little bit about why we're doing what we're doing and what we're trying to accomplish. So let me talk to you a little bit about the content. Each one of our episodes is going to relate to how to uh, create success in process, business, and relationships. Those three things are very much connected into how you facilitate success. And um, what I want to get across with you know, our conversations, and I think that Kara also agrees, is that you have to have a balance mm -hmm. in all of these three things. Mm -hmm. So you have to have an understanding of a lot of different concepts in a lot of different arenas in order to be a successful contributor. And that doesn't mean that we're successful from day one. Mm -hmm. The most successful people fail, learn, fail, learn again, and get up, mm -hmm. right? And, mm -hmm. and can implement uh, their learnings. So when it comes to business process and relationships, what I mean, is, what I mean by the process is how we get things done. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by, um, you know, results is, you know, what the end product is. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to relationships, it's how we interact with the people on the team to get those results and to establish those processes. So we're really going to talk about uh, the concepts in not just creative management, but entrepreneurship and teamwork um, that create the balance between those three things. I could listen to you talk about this for hours. <laughs> <laughs> and I will. And we will. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, all right, cool. So, um, Kara, is there anything that you want to add before we move on? I'm just super excited because, like, talking about this stuff is my jam. Like, yeah. it's all I ever want to do. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and Allie and I, um, as you'll soon come to find... Um, we love to have sidebar conversations. Like, we get very meta, right? Because we'll be talking about something, and then we're like, sidebar, let's talk about um, <laughs> how this relates to the process of this company overall, or mm -hmm. what this means in the government when they say <laughs> X. Like, it's so, so um, for me, like, this is just, like, a really joyful space where we get to, like, dig into things yeah. and talk about this stuff. That's a perfect way to say it. Yeah. Uh, so, um, this episode is about icebreakers yeah ice speaking breakers. of meta right <laughs> this is, i think that's why we chose it is oh, because yeah. it is meta yeah we had to have the first episode be our icebreaker episode mm -hmm. um ali why don't you tell us a little bit about what icebreakers are okay so an icebreaker is usually a low maintenance activity and I say low maintenance because it usually doesn't involve a whole lot of materials. Yes. It usually doesn't involve a complicated setup. Yeah. It's it's just something that um, someone can facilitate pretty easily mm -hmm. uh, to get everyone involved right away. So um, it can happen at the start of a session, whether that's a <laughs> classroom or if that's you know something that you're taking part in, in a conference, um, so that people don't. Or so that, you know, you don't have to stare blankly at the people that are sitting at your table that you don't know. Yeah. Um, it can also happen after a session or a class break to reset the vibe in the room. Right, right. So um, really just an icebreaker has a lot to do with um, making connections and establishing a certain kind of energy yeah. in the room. Awesome. Yeah. So um, we're going to pull out our worksheets now. So that we wrote a worksheet specifically about icebreakers, like we said, um, and this will be available for you in the show notes and on our website. Um, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna break it or we're gonna break this down a little bit for you. And like we said, we did not look at each other's answers. Mm -hmm. um, we're just hoping this is two professionals chatting about their experiences. That's right. Just chilling on a Saturday night talking about icebreakers. Yeah, and we actually happen to be drinking a cocktail. 
called an icebreaker. Yes, right? which my lovely husband, Brandon, made for mm-hmm. us. So cheers to you, Allie. Clink, 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 clink. Cheers. Um, that's the social distance. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. Um, and cheers to you, Brandon, for making this. It was super cute. Um, basically, it's ginger beer, um, uh, simple syrup, uh, vodka, and um, and then he froze some watermelon and cucumber at the bottom. So we would legit have to break the ice to get into our drinks so it was really cool and it was worth it to break that ice <laughs> yes. um okay so um what is an icebreaker i feel like i should start with this one yes I just absolutely start with that okay so what is an icebreaker what purpose do they serve when do you use them um i wanted to talk for a minute about icebreaker versus team building activity I like that. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I think that sometimes these get conflated. Yeah. And I, I think that um, they're, they're not mutually exclusive, right? Yeah. Like they overlap, right? Um, for me, um, I think icebreaker is an activity that helps people to open up and relax at the start of an event or a day or a meeting, etc. cetera. Uh, just like Allie was saying, um, I, I think emotionally what we're trying to do here is highlight humor, highlight sameness, um, uh, connect with people on a human emotional level separate from work mm-hmm. um, and then I think of team building activities as an activity that brings people closer together and changes or establishes relationships oh I like that especially the part about changing a relationship because you can learn something uh, in a team builder that you didn't know before that can definitely change a dynamic moving forward right and the purpose of that team builder is like this is like I'm locking into you and I feel better working with you. Like yes. We've established intimacy. Yes. And I think that icebreakers um, do that on like a much like higher level. Like you're not going to establish intimacy from an icebreaker, mm-hmm. but it does break down the barrier of awkwardness, yeah. um, of like uh, of that sense of, of people coming in and maybe like, not being excited about being there, (laughs) (laughs) which often happens. Um, And it allows everyone to sort of like uh, relax into the moment. Um, But I think linguistically what's interesting there is that like breaker is very different than builder. Yeah. Right? So while they have their mutual purposes, they are different. Yes. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. What about you? Tell me about what you're thinking. So um, I thought that an icebreaker, or the way I defined it, right, was an icebreaker is an activity that is meant to immediately engage the group, Mm. just off the bat, right, Um, and shift the energy in the room. So before you start an icebreaker, nobody really knows anything about anyone, and everyone is just waiting, which is really interesting in contrast to what you're saying about team building, right? right? Like, you probably already know something about the people around you, or you have established assumptions. Right. Established assumptions. Yeah, about the people around you. Whereas an icebreaker is like, I don't really know anything right. about you. So you can also use icebreakers when you get back from a break or a lunch or throughout a training um, to re-engage minds or to team build. Yeah. Because if they've already established a working relationship um, through, whatever, through whatever activities um, yeah. that they're doing, then yes, it, I guess it would be considered a kind of team build. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, so when you know more about a person, you care about them more. And I absolutely believe 100% that when you care about the people that you work with, you deliver better results. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Like that's everything. Yes. Establishing those relationships with people. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what's interesting about icebreakers um, I mean, I think in general, they have such a bad rap, right? Like everybody's like, oh, like we have to do an icebreaker. Um, and I was talking with my husband, Brandon, about this, and I was talking about the fact that, like, at a party, uh, there's so many, like, natural social icebreakers, right? Like, we all, like, like, we come into, like, we come into a party with, like, um, like, that natural set of, like, five questions. Like, so where are you from? Oh, yeah. What do you do? Like, are you married? Like, where do you guys live? Where do you guys live? Do you have kids? Like, uh, oh, are you, like... Are you watching football right now or whatever's yeah. like happening in the moment, yeah. right? Um, That's and, so true. And so you have like this like sort of socially acceptable list uh-huh. um, of things to talk about. Also, in social settings, there's usually like other social lubricants, like friends that will enter, like you know, introduce yes. you alcohol, yeah, you know, things <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, yeah. And in a work setting, so often people are being forced to 
um, either be in a situation they don't want to be in or they're coming to the table and they're um, self-conscious yeah. and anxious about like what, you know, like oh, about absolutely. putting themselves out there. They haven't yet um, established that net of safety with mm-hmm. other people. Um, and so that's why like I'm such a big advocate for them because it's like we need to have them even if the initial like uh, launching of that icebreaker sometimes can feel awkward, by the end of it, it like gets us over that hump. Yeah. For the day, the event, the workshop, whatever the case may be. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. And mm-hmm. it's so funny because I went to the University of Alabama, and um, I, one of the reasons that I love that I went there is because I have a natural icebreaker, just like a very organic oh, yeah. icebreaker. No matter where I am. You just say roll tide. I just say roll tide. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. Or, you know, I know someone sitting next, or I know that, you know, someone will talk about, you know, the school that they went to. Yep. And we can have a really easy exchange about traditions yep. or about football yep. or about what they studied. And mm-hmm. it's, um, it's, yeah, I just, I really love it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, the, yeah, that is a good natural icebreaker. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think one thing that's also really neat about most icebreakers, and this is probably true for team building activities as well, but oftentimes they are equalizers. Um, so if you're walking into a room where there's like, um, like I often enter training sessions where you have a wide variety of um, hierarchy. Mm-hmm. You've got um, like producers and then production managers mm-hmm. and then production people that report below, right? And in an icebreaker or a uh, or a team building activity, um, you're mixing it up, yeah. right? The producer, or in your case, like the CEO has to perform the same um, thing or the mm-hmm. same task that this other person has to do who is like four steps below them, right? I never thought about that. Right, and you're yeah. putting those two people together and they're having to talk about this thing mm-hmm. um, that's totally unrelated to their work and so it's safe to talk about that as a peer. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a really neat, um, like, byproduct. Yeah. Yeah, that is. It really is. Um, you know, and it gives you the chance to, like, um, I mean, remove the hierarchy and also, like, like I said, like, you recognize we're the same. Or mm-hmm. maybe we aren't the same, but, like, you are a human and I'm a human. And I can recognize that we're both on, like, these paths of of, of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I mean, if the experience is about sharing ex- well, if the icebreaker is about sharing experiences, then you can relate to the other person's experience, right? Or you have the opportunity right. to relate. Right, so, right. Yeah. Which leads us to, I think, our second question. Yes. What is your favorite icebreaker, Allie? The ones where you have to work together. Ah, yes, me too. Of oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so last year at an Association for um, Talent Development conference, I attended a session to learn more about a company's onboarding program, and it okay. was super intense. And all I remember was that it was called Dolphin School. And I think that the the um, CEO or the founder was named Dolph, so they called it Dolphin School. So cute. And that's all I remember about the company. But... What I remember more clearly is their team icebreaker. Okay. So they had us all work to um, they had us all work together to identify famous movies um, with a screen grab, and it was hard. Oh, so like they would show you a screen grab, mm-hmm. and you would have to figure out what is this movie from. Yes, but they would not pick the one obviously that had like the stuff no. in it. Or no, no, and they were all water themed because it's dolphin school, oh my right? Gosh, I love this. Yes, and we laughed so hard, and we were so proud of each other when we knew the answers. It was like it, it was just. So fun. And talk about, like, crowdsourcing information, right? Like, mm-hmm. that required... Like, the great thing about that, and I think this is, like, the best icebreakers or best team-building activities allow different people to shine. Yes. Right? Because they bring different knowledge to yes. the table. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so fun. It was really fun. And I remember being so invested in this five-minute activity. And <laughs> just because we were depending on each other, just like you said, is right. like, someone in that 
group was a movie aficionado. Yeah. But also, someone in that group was a little bit older than the rest of us, mm-hmm. and so they had a different movie knowledge bank to yes. work from. Yeah. Uh, and so, I don't think we won. Um, I think I would remember if we did. <laughs> but um, I do remember that it was really, really fun, and that stuck with me, oh. which I love. Yeah, oh, so, it's, it's the ones where you have to, you have to really engage with the people around you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Uh, for me, I was, I was, I have a lot of, mm-hmm. of, of icebreakers that I like, um, and I broke it down into three categories. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> Overachiever here. Um, I like the gimmick or game. Okay, okay, right? okay. And then the, the knowledge share, and then the... Oh, you guys, you, you and I are going to have words. The activity, right? <laughs> yeah. So, the gimmick or game, um, the one that I make, like, all of my classes do, um, and I mm-hmm. teach 100-person um, sections of project management, which is a required class at my university, and so many of them, I mean, so many of them are excited about it. I, no, I would say 30 of them are excited about <laughs> it, and 70 of them are like, this is required, but I... <laughs> I turn them around. Yeah. Like I get that by the end of the end of the semester, I get that. Um, I get that. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't excited for this class, but it turns out it was pretty good, which I take <laughs> as a compliment. Yeah. Anyways, so um, one of the games I like to use is ten things in common, um, which is you put a group of people together. It's super easy, very low maintenance, very low like low prep beforehand, and mm-hmm. you say, "Hey, you six people." Um, you have to come up with a list of 10 things that you have in common. Mm-hmm. And it can't be that you all have skin, or it can't be that you're all students at this university or yes. working at this company or whatever it is. Like, you have to come up with 10 things. One of the, when I, 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 I've done something similar for this in like a diversity training. Yes. Um, one of the parameters that I always, always used was you can't say that you own pets. <laughs> Or that you love you, dogs. Yeah. Everyone loves dogs. Like, you can't say that. Right. And also, like, the more specific you are, actually, the more, more like, uh, different types of things you can find, right? Like, if you say, I love pets, like, that discounts, like, a large sector of your life, right? Yes. Whereas if you can say, um, we all have a dog, that's a very mm-hmm. specific thing, and then you can move on to the next thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, I have one more thing to add. Yes, to please, this. please. I Tell did, me more. So when I did facilitate this specific um, specific activity, there was one group. So I had four groups, mm-hmm. and one of them had been notoriously quiet the entire day. Oh. And um, at the end of this activity, when we were all debriefing and everyone was going through the list of things that they had in common, this one group said that um, they were all super fans of the rapper Drake. <laughs> and I just, I lost it. Because you're like, like, who are you? Yes, and how did you get to <laughs> Yes, right. And it was like a guy from IT and like a woman from customer service and like a, a lady who had just joined the buying team. I mean, they were from all different and parts of like, the company. And they're like, you know who we like? Drake. <laughs> Everyone's favorite Canadian, Drake. Drake, <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, so it was so good. But you're right. You have to, like, you can find out some really interesting things about others. And 10 is, like, a perfect number that doesn't get too, like, painful. Yeah. But that it allows, like, people, like, they can get to six pretty easily, but then they, like, really have to dig for those last four. That's good. And then they find out from each other. Like, they find out that this other person has um, this connection to them that they would have never thought possible. Cool. So big fan of that for games. Um, uh, the knowledge share one, um, I mean, there's many different ways to do this. And you and I have certainly been through a bunch of different, um, versions of this. Like I would say in a meeting, that's something like everyone going around the table and sharing highs and lows. Okay. And, um, you're like, mm, we'll see. I, we're going to um, talk about it. <laughs> it it's going to get, I, I think it's going to be number three where we talk about okay, this. Okay, great. <laughs> um, and the reason why I'm a big fan of that one is, or I should say, so I think that there's like a structure that works for like a smaller meeting as opposed mm-hmm. to something like, um, like I said, like my hundred person class. Um, the reason why I enjoy, um, knowledge share, like asking a question to someone is because, um, I got the feedback once, um, that, I was not uh, allowing space for my introverts to process. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Or contribute. Um, Because I 
am obviously an extrovert. <laughs> Allie is obviously an extrovert yep. as well. Um, and so what happens sometimes is that I assume that other people process similarly to me. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I expect that we can come into a space and engage with each other immediately. And yeah. that is not always the case. And so um, a, a coworker of mine said, what I like to do is get the prompt ahead of time to be given the space to write an answer. And then I will feel, feel prepared to share my knowledge with the group. And so off, whoop, I hit my mic. Um, <laughs> so oftentimes um, in my class where I'm working with students who are primarily introverts, mm-hmm. um, I give them space to write something down um, on their own and then share that in a smaller group yeah. um, so that, or again, like the highs and lows thing, we create like a consistent sharing space where they know that they're going to have to share this when they come in mm-hmm. because then that makes them feel more comfortable yeah. um, with that sharing even though they're more introverted. That makes sense. Um, and then uh, for activities, I think that um, these are more things like um, uh, these These require more uh preparation but something a big one that I love especially in like a creative field is something called blind drawing uh, where for example um, I would print a a um, picture off the internet and the weirder the better right so it could be like uh, there I have one for example where it's like a bunch of dudes like riding roosters that they look like they're riding horses but they're riding roosters um and I would have that picture, and I would be paired with you, Allie, and you would not have the picture. And I would have to communicate to you what the picture is so that you could replicate it, you could draw it. Oh, I like this. Yes. And so, of course, the core base of this is communication. Yeah. Um, and the fact that we come in with, like, such, like, assumptions. Yeah. Right? Um, and that we also have to, like, create, like, commonplace, like... We have to, what, what's our, like, base language, what's our vernacular to discuss mm-hmm. these things, et cetera, et cetera. What's your, what's your, do you know what a rooster looks like, like, from memory, right? Like, there, there's things I like that. I think I do, but do I? I know, right? So I love that one because um, it, it so clearly illustrates, like, everyone's like, oh, I want to communicate because mm-hmm. the drawing part is harder. Yeah. And then they get into communicating, and yeah. they're like, oh, turns out this is incredibly difficult. But also a level of intimacy forms between the person, and, like, they mm-hmm. have this connection of, like, we did this, like, ridiculous inane thing together. Yes, absolutely. And it takes, like, five minutes. Yeah. You give them, like, five minutes to draw. <laughs> I love that. Sorry uh, for bringing, like, three categories to the table. No, that's exactly what I wanted. Yeah. So good. <laughs> so good. Uh, so what's your least favorite Icebreaker. I get really annoyed with, like, the ones that, like, people obviously Googled the words icebreaker. Yeah. Like, two truths and a lie. I'm like, I never have to do that again. I'm good. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm over that. What about you? <laughs> um, so, this is where you and I are going to have words, I ooh, think. Ooh, It's the knowledge share. <gasps> oh, my gosh. So Tell me why. The ones where you have to wait your turn and speak. And you have to think about an interesting fact, or you have to share, um, you, you just, you have to share an experience that is kind of broad. Right. I have an exception to this rule, okay. but we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. I feel like I get so nervous when it mm. comes to this kind of icebreaker. Yes. Because I want to know what everyone else is going to share too, and I want it to be on the same wavelength. Right. Um... Do you think if it was a situation in which you were in a smaller group, like, let's say you're in, like, a 40-person workshop and you're broken into groups of five, yeah. and you talk about it with that with those five, would mm-hmm. that be okay? Or would you still be, like, stressed out about I it? I would still be stressed out about <laughs> it. It's because, it's like when, you know, when you have to do class introductions and you're, like, 28th in line, yeah. and by... You have by the time that they've gotten to you, you're like, "What's my name again?" Yeah, <laughs> and like seven other people have already said like either like my career path or like yes. my favorite movie or my favorite whatever that exactly. you have to say. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. so I really don't like that. The exception to the rule is when people share their first job. I absolutely love that icebreaker. Oh, interesting. And I think the reason that I like it is because we're you know we we've talked a little bit about this already is that equalizer factor is because we all started 
uh, or usually we in, all started. It, yeah, I we love all, that. yes, we all started. Yeah, uh, that's a great way to put it. Um, and so, I love hearing about what one person did. Maybe they were fourteen, right, and not even really legally able to work, right. But they got a job on someone's farm, right. And this is where they learned X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, or they share something about their family and what their family's business did and right. how they were involved in that. Right. Um, and so I really like hearing almost that origin story. Right. Right. And and so I, I do think when you have different levels in, uh, in the room, it is a great equalizer. So now that we're on that topic, what was your first job? Oh, um, my first job... Um, yeah, the question is like legally or illegally. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> I mean, illegally wasn't like I wasn't like like no, running like we were all babysitting. Yeah, exactly. Illegally, you know, I was babysitting <laughs> at like twelve and thirteen. Yeah, um, totally. Um, probably my first real job though was um, being a um, a mascot for a car dealership. Of course, <laughs> I was the mascot in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a bobcat. Uh, Of course you were. (laughs) Of course. Grambling High School, Grambling Bobcats, what's up? Go Bobcats. Um, And so, yeah, I did that. And so um, one of the things that I did um, uh, also on the side um, during high school was my parents uh, owned an advertising agency, and the advertising agency worked um, uh, worked with a, a automotive group um, and obviously, like, cars are a very big deal in Michigan. Um, and so it was this big automotive group, and they had a mascot, and um, that was me. I got to be Barney, who was this, like, old dude. <laughs> this is so great. I hope there's footage of this somewhere. Oh, there's plenty of footage uh, of me dancing as Barney. Yes. And I would, like, be at, like, events and things yes. like that. Um, so that was my first job. See, humble beginnings, right? <laughs> Humble beginnings. <laughs> How about you? What was your first job? Um, so in Seabrook, which is where I grew up, or where I spent my high school years, um, that is really close to Kima, Texas, where there is a, um, like almost like a playland type of... Okay. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's called the Kima Boardwalk. Okay. And... It has restaurants and games and things like that. And so, like, everyone who lives in that area, that's their first job. You work at the right. boardwalk, right? Yeah, right, right, right. But I was a carnival barker. <laughs> of course you were! <laughs> <laughs> so my job was um, guessing weights and ages. Oh, my gosh. You uh-huh. did that? I did that, yeah. I've always been, like, obsessed with those people because I'm like, how do they figure this out? Oh, like... Yeah. I know there's, like, a wide berth. Yeah, yeah, of course. But still, like, did you get good at it? Do you feel good at it? Well, yeah, I did. I got really good at ages, and I'm still pretty good at guessing ages. Yeah. But um, the scale only went up to a certain amount, so, like, you knew. Oh. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I could gauge, and I think it's, at this point I've... Obviously, I understand that that is totally inappropriate, and I doubt that that still right. exists. Right. I hope it doesn't still exist. Oh my gosh, I'm pretty sure at the Texas State Fair, like it was there like two years. No, ago. yeah, I'm pretty sure my son did it. <laughs> okay, okay, but like, and so like, I would hand out if the people won, um, then I would hand out like these giant blow up aliens. So I spent a lot of time in a room with. It giant blow up aliens. <laughs> it's, it's a good job. It's a good game. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah. Um, anyway, this is useful for me though to hear um, your thoughts on, on mm-hmm. the knowledge share because I've, I have been looking at it from the other perspective yeah. and so it's good to hear that it's like it can also make people really nervous. Yes. Yeah, um, absolutely. So that's super helpful for me. Um, can I um, insert a question here? Yeah. Um, virtual icebreakers. Um, yeah, do you have any thoughts on how to perform icebreakers in the time of COVID? Yes, I absolutely do. Uh, so when I was working for um, the regulated utility in Houston, we had virtual onboarding uh, for those individuals that were in rural areas of uh, Arkansas and Louisiana. Okay, so you are familiar with this process Uh in general. Yeah, and so one of the things that we were able to do uh, was we were um, 
able to use a platform that allowed for interaction on the screen. And so we would have, um, we would have the participants use an arrow and like place where they were on the map. Oh, neat. Right. And so then we would, you, we would do the same kind of knowledge share. Right. Icebreaker that you would in general in the class, but we would do it just online. Right. So Uh we would see where you were like, Hey, Kara, I see that you're in Michigan. Tell us a little bit about the weather. Right. Right. And that's how, that's how we would get that conversation going. So you don't hate knowledge share. You recognize you need it sometimes. Yes, I recognize the value in knowledge share. <laughs> it's just not my go-to I anymore. Get it. I get it. Yeah, I get it. And to your point, like there's so much more. There like there are like more creative ways to access it. Yeah, or to yes. get there. Yes, and see, it's so funny that you said that this was a benefit for your introverts because I actually wrote down on my worksheet, introverts lose out on these icebreakers big time. Oh, that's so interesting. I know, yeah. right? Well, I think the difference is the, like giving people time to prepare. Yeah, I agree. Like I think people need that. That's yes. the core piece. Mm-hmm. And so I think, and I think that can be um, like integrated in any of these. Like if people get a chance to like see the agenda, know yeah. what's happening, um, come in with an idea of like what is going to be expected of them. See. I think that if they come in with the idea, like if you give that to them pre-session, then I think that's great. Mm-hmm. What I see as having the introverts lose out on is if I give you that question at the beginning of class, I'm not paying attention to what anybody else is saying. Because I'm just stressing about my yes. answer. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's, so I, yeah, yeah, I see the distinct that's valid. Mm-hmm. Um, Something that in this like virtual world that I've been doing that's sort of a, a, a take on that is um, uh, we use MS Teams uh, uh, through the university, and um, we um, have a pretty act. We can have a pretty active chat going yeah. while we're talking, um, like uh, you know, on video. And um, so I can ask a question and just let, like in the hundred person classes, it's just like let it ride, like let it yeah. rip, right? Like, and then a bunch of people like respond in the chat and then like little, like little conversations start happening because of mm-hmm. that. And that's like a super casual thing to do, like just at the top of the class mm-hmm. to be like, so what's the last movie you watched in like the last two weeks, yeah. right? And then people like put that in there and it's a very low stakes. Oh yeah. Right. Um, so I, I think like I've been doing that kind of thing to try to get things rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, have found it's actually harder with the smaller groups though, because uh, the, when you're in the larger numbers, there's more anonymity and you can yes. comment in a chat and it's yeah. not a big deal. But when I'm in these like virtual sessions with like 20 people or less, mm-hmm. it's actually more awkward. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm still that. trying to figure, still trying to figure that out. And also if you're in a bigger group, if you don't answer, it's not a big deal. Yes. When there's five people and you don't answer, they, there's like a gaping hole. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah totally true. So true. All right, so have you facilitated... So we're on number four, guys. Number four. Have you facilitated an icebreaker? How did it go? Yes, I think pretty clearly you yeah. and I have both <laughs> facilitated an icebreaker. Um, I think I do it all the time. Most of them go, I would say, good. They go <laughs> They go yeah. well. They, yes. they, I would say some, some every once in a while I'm like, wow, that was great. And I feel like we all are like enlightened and we've grown because of it. And I feel like... But I feel like most of the time it's like, that was solid. It got about 80% of us loosened up. Mm -hmm. That 20% is still like, you know, got that wall up. Mm -hmm. But eh, I got it. Yeah, what are you going to do, right? Um, I think uh, as a facilitator, I've learned now at this point that like a lot of people are going to come in combative about the experience, right? When it comes to training, Mm -hmm. when it comes to education, a lot of times people look at it as like, this is a waste of my time, especially if it's a required situation, mm-hmm. um, which is a bummer. Like mm-hmm. that people aren't looking at it as like almost always um, a, a um, company or a university or whatever the situation is, like people are looking at like they're wanting to invest in you. Mm-hmm. This is an investment of time. Mm-hmm. It costs a lot of money to have you here instead of at your desk. Right. Right? Yeah. So it's a bummer that they're not coming in with a better attitude. But that's the way it is. Right. Um, so um, when that happens, I feel like the the at least the icebreaker, again, for most people, it helps people like let down their guard, enjoy themselves. Um, 
this doesn't always happen. And like I said, you can't really focus on like the 20 to 15% where it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. um, just last week, because this was the, this past week was our first week of classes at UT Dallas, and it's all virtual. Um, mm -hmm. And I had a, um, it wasn't really as much of an icebreaker as it was like an assignment. I asked them all after going through like what management means to me and talking yeah. about the definition of management, talking about the, the ideas of our class, I asked them to take a moment and answer four questions and sort of self-reflect on mm -hmm. what um, management means to them and how they can utilize this in their life. And the purpose, of course, is to take it from the theoretical and make it like tangible and concrete. Like how yeah. can this relate to that church group that you're a part of mm -hmm. or um, that uh, club where you're a president or um, that class where you're a, in a lead position or whatever. I love that. I Thank love you. that. Yeah. Well, of course you would. You're great. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I would say most people get into it, right? Right. Um, but I would say about, like, out of 100 students, again, like, I probably get, like, five to ten responses every time where they just say, this class um, doesn't matter to me. I just have to take it. And it's so inane to me because I'm like, just take a minute and think about how this relates to you as a person. Mm -hmm. um, and if I wanted to, I could just focus on those five. It, and you know what? That is so interesting that you say that just because work is such a huge part of our lives. Right. Right? Right. And if you draw super distinct lines between what you learn and only apply it to work and what you learn and only apply it to life, like it's just a pile of mush. Like yeah. it's all mixed up together. It's really interesting. Like there's no way that you can separate any of this. Right. Yeah. And people who do, those are the people who are most stressed. Like yeah. when you do these like assessments of people and when they have their like work persona versus home persona, yeah. it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Right. There's like really high stress levels there. So anyway, um, but, um, I used to, when I first started teaching, I would fixate. Mm -hmm. on like the two to ten people that I wasn't able to get to. <laughs> and now I'm able to focus on the people that I am yeah. making a difference with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How about you? Um, how did it go for oh, you? Like, tell, tell some of your experiences. So many icebreakers. So um, many. <laughs> at the best of times, everyone has ended up laughing, and you can tell there's kind of an instant camaraderie. Um, at the worst of times... Everyone just stares at you blankly. <laughs> and the energy in the room remains stagnant. Yeah. And stagnant energy is not what you want. Yeah. Um, I did want to bring up a really, um, a really important example for, you know, when I facilitate icebreakers and something that I carry with me is um, the thumbball exercise. Have you ever participated no, in No, tell me about the thumbball exercise. I wish I had one with me, but I don't have one um, at my disposal. I, they're, they're in storage right now. But, <laughs> um, I learned about this one at Elliot Macy's Learning Conference a few years ago. So if you guys don't know about Elliot Macy, um, he runs a great learning conference uh, in Orlando every year. Um, lots of innovators, lots of great organizations coming and sharing their approaches to learning and talent development. Oh, and cool. it's really cool. So the thumb ball is just a small soccer ball, like six, eight inches in diameter with a question on each one of the Pentagon shapes. Oh, and then uh, what you're meant to do is toss it around the room and when you capture the ball, you have to ask the question on which your thumb lands. Oh, neat. Yeah. So it's a small enough ball that you can, like, throw it, right, and it not hurt or endanger anyone. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then also the, those of us that don't have great hand-eye coordination <laughs> won't feel intimidated by Right, 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 right. Um, so there are questions like, what's your biggest accomplishment? Or what is one thing you learned this week? Yeah. They have different themes. You can make custom ones. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's super cool. That's great. So um, I created a custom ball uh, to be used during my leadership development classes. Uh -huh. And... Um, at gave, Neiman Marcus? Uh, this was at the utility in, the utility. in, in Houston, yeah. Okay. Um, and I gave everyone one of these thumb balls to use with their own teams to start more organic conversations right. during their meetings. And they were a huge hit. Oh. Huge. Um, and then you feel like you're making a difference on yeah. the culture of the company. Yes, yes. Because, From a freaking icebreaker. Yes, yes. Because you're, you're getting people, again... Here, here we are again with the knowledge share. But 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're getting people to open up. Yeah. And you don't know what question you're going to get, so yeah. you can't really fixate yeah. on your answer, yeah. right? Because you don't know. Um, and there's also a surprise element because you don't know who's going to throw Who it gonna to. Who it's going to go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that a lot. Um, so it's a really neat, um, it's a really neat. I love that idea. I know. Also, I want to state that, like, in, because uh, of course right now I'm thinking about virtual, like, yeah. you could totally do, like, you could make a, like a, um, you could either make an app. Yeah. Like, you, somebody go make this app for us, please. <laughs> where it, like, randomizes the question. Oh, yeah. Um, but you could also pretty easily do something like that with, like, with a PowerPoint. I was going to say slides. Yeah, it would be like, so easy. Yeah, there are ways that you could do it so that, mm-hmm. like, a random slide came up for a person. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I love the thumb ball. I love that exercise. And, um... Yeah, I just wanted to share. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. And one where you like actually like affected change because yes. of your 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 um icebreaker. That's great. Okay. Um number 5. Yeah. What resources do you use when you're looking for icebreakers? So the internet is a crazy good resource. The internet. Yay. <laughs> and most importantly, um your own experience. So you're going to totally. be... Yes, exactly. You're yeah. going to be subjected to a ton of icebreakers in your life, whether you like it or not. Yeah. So if you experience one that you like, take... Steal it. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> take it with you. Um, take the time to write about it. Yeah. Just even, even in your... Like, so many times I've got, like, a little notebook at a session or something, yeah. and I put notes in it that I don't really know what they mean. I'm not, gonna, I'm not ever going to go back to them. But when I experience a good icebreaker, I'll usually write some notes um, about how it was facilitated. Yeah. What kind of audience or group it was oh affected gosh. with. You're it was affected with. saying what I wrote down right Oh my now. gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> and then also how long it took. Yeah. Okay, so was yes. this like the a... The time a, is a big part of it. It really is. Because yeah. if you have a 30-minute session, you're not going to be doing a 12-minute icebreaker no. for get it but if you can if you have a 30 or 45 minute session and you can do a three minute icebreaker that has a lot of impact yeah you might get better engagement for that remaining 27 minutes yes and it makes it worth it yeah so really take a good look at how long what context yes it was facilitated and how it was facilitated yes also, um, if you're interested in the thumb ball, which you should be, uh, you <laughs> I can, certainly am. <laughs> right? Um, you can find those at Trainers Warehouse uh, online, um, and you can even make a custom one on thumbball.com. So there's a lot of options there where, um, and we are not sponsored by Thumbball. It's just something I really not enjoy. Not yet. Not yet, anyways. Right? <laughs> um, but um, you know, there's first aid ones. There's how was your day ones. Oh my there's gosh. leadership. There's all sorts of um, of different ones. But they do have a custom option, and it's great. Oh so. my gosh, I love that. Mm-hmm. So, what about you? What resources do you use? Great hot tip. Um, the internet. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I think uh, similarly to you, like uh, I. I think about what I want the goal to be yeah, and who the audience is. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I look stuff up accordingly. So for me, a lot of times I go to like, who am I, who am I working with right now? Mm-hmm. What would be a release for them or mm-hmm. what would be a comfort zone for them? Yeah. Um, and then I try to use that. So for me, because so often it's people who are in creative fields, it's, it's uh, people who are related to animation mm-hmm. um, or related to movie images. And so, um, I often go to like, well, let's look up one that involves drawing. Let's look up one that involves um, uh, looking at art, mm-hmm. right? Like I try to center it on something that the uh, audience will automatically have like a passion for or an interest for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that definitely is part of it. Um, but the other big part of it is the goal. Like you were saying, like, is this supposed to be a three to five minute like everyone get up and like meet other people yeah. in the space or is this supposed to be like a moment where we share something deep and personal about ourselves mm-hmm. um, and that can really affect it um, another one that I love when I'm in a um, in a space as opposed to the world of virtual um, living that we've been in for so long <laughs> yeah. um, is um, it's one called uh, form a group do you know this one it's where you like you you say um, form a group with people who have the same amount of siblings as you. Oh. Form a group with people who are from the same 
state, city, like or whatever. So you, and it's like literally people have to like get up and start yelling and be like, I'm from Houston. I'm from here. I have two siblings or whatever the case may be. So it's really like, it's um, productive chaos. Productive chaos. That's like a perfect, that's perfect. I love it. Yes. I love it. Um, so I love that one um, because it forces people to um, connect with other people really quickly. And it also can break up, like I do that one in the middle of a class. If we've just gone over a bunch of like lengthy materials and everyone's mm-hmm. been sitting in their seats for an hour. That's great. That's right? really great. Yeah. So I think, again, it goes back to that goal. Um, I also lean heavily into, um, like I was an, I was an RA, a mm-hmm. resident advisor in college, and I go back to like my RA activities. Um, I was never like super involved in church, but that could be a place for other people mm-hmm. to go because like, like we have been doing icebreakers for a long ass time, people. Yeah. Like these have been around forever. So <laughs> go back to your roots, go back to your summer camp days, mm-hmm. uh, go back to your first jobs, go back to like past company HR events and you might be able to mine from them and find these things that you're like oh that was a really fun activity yeah Um, and then look it up online and you'll find the rules or you can make them up yourself based on like what you needed to have happen that's so true just make it up yourself just make it up it's fine (laughs) (laughs) oh well I I feel like I learned a lot in this conversation and I really also appreciate the structure of the conversation yeah, well, you and I both like structure. I know. <laughs> I know. But also, it, um, like we were talking about earlier, we like to have a lot of sidebar conversations. Yes. So we can start out talking about something, and then we we just end up in a completely different place. Right. And so I feel like this is a really nice way to have a robust conversation with yes. you around one topic. That keeps centering us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really like it a yeah, lot. Yeah, me too. This good. Is we're doing a good thing. <laughs> Um, so again, guys, uh, we're going to make these available, um, online and I'll have more details about Mm -hmm. that, um, soon, um, so that you can go and download your own copies and, um, even share your answers with us because we would really, really like that. Uh, we're just two people. We have our own experience to draw from and we recognize that you guys have a lot of different experiences to draw from. Mm -hmm. So if there's something that we missed or something that, um, we could elaborate on or something that you think we got wrong yes tell us we are here for the feedback yes absolutely (laughs) so with that why don't we wrap up our first episode oh my gosh let's do it all right real uh quick rapid fire yeah okay so um Allie uh before we go what are you learning this week do you have any recommendations for us this week oh I have a big time recommendation it is a podcast surprise surprise (laughs) called Time to Act, uh, CEO Action for Diversity and Inclusion. Ooh, love mm-hmm. it. And uh, in this podcast, there are conversations with CEOs and leaders uh, about the different approaches to diversity and inclusion. That, oh my gosh, how cool. Yeah, it's so cool. Uh, and this week, I learned about Intel's efforts to create a more diverse and inclusive works, workplace. And it, they don't just focus on hiring practices, because I think that's what we talk about a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, how do we bring these people in? Right. Uh, that but are going their to, journey. Well, not even that, too. But yes, it is their journey. So, yeah, but I'm sorry. Tell me. Um, so we're, you know, how do we bring these people in that are from different backgrounds mm-hmm. that can bring diverse perspectives? Because we all know that um, creativity is impacted right. by by diversity, and so um, they um, are focused on retention. Oh, isn't that cool? Yeah. So they instituted a warm line, not a hotline, a warm line. For individuals that work for the company to be able to express their frustration with their journey, right? Oh my gosh, that's great. Maybe they're not feeling that inclusivity in Uh their workspace. Right. Maybe they are feeling themselves butt up against that glass ceiling. Yep. Maybe they're experiencing... um, They're experiencing... Microaggression. Uh, yes, basically. that's yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. So that they can't bring up like a huge case, yeah. right? But they do know what they know, and they right. know what they're experiencing. Right. So this warm line gives them a place huh. to be able to express that. I love that. And their numbers of retention are awesome because if these individuals don't 
get those experiences addressed, yes, then they're more likely to exit the company. Absolutely. And they're great talent. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing, like, uh, like you said, hiring practices seem to be like the focus right now. And while that's incredibly important, mm-hmm. um, we need to think about the journey to the recruiter's door and then like what happens yes. afterwards. And to your point, um, so often, unfortunately, this person is literally looked at as a diversity hire mm-hmm. and brought into the company. And then it's like a sink or swim situation and they're not at all supported during that, that time. Right. Wow. I love that. I also love the the phrase warm line me too yeah i think it's great. great i think it's really great and um and it, the way i described it or the way i understood it was it's almost like a safety net to yeah. catch great talent before they leave yeah. and i think that's just so important for growing an environment of inclusivity yeah. and i love it yeah that's awesome mm-hmm. oh i love yeah. that yeah what are you learning this week um this week my family in general is um just really ramping up on this distance learning. <laughs> I have a five-year-old who started kindergarten. Yes. Yes, and has now um, been in school for a little bit over a week. Um, and so we're dealing with what that looks like when mm-hmm. you're uh, learning from home. Yeah. Um, I myself also just started grad school this week. Woo! Woo! Going back to school. <laughs> um, and so I'm also dealing with, or dealing with distance learning and what it's like to take a class online. Um, and so I think all of us are dealing with a lot of change, not only in mm-hmm. our uh, schedules, but also um, in what our expectations were, yes. for what we thought school, what the, we thought the fall was going to look like and what yes. it's actually looking like. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're dealing with this week. But we're learning and we're growing and it's painful, but we're getting there. <laughs> no, y'all are getting there for yeah, sure. Yeah. So that's what we're up to. All right. Very cool. Um, that brings us to the end of our episode. Oh, this was so fun. It was so much fun. So I think we're going to keep doing it. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, So if you have any feedback for us, uh, please send it to ytos.podcast at gmail.com. Like us, share us, tell your friends. And we're going to have way more details to share with you about where you can find us uh, and what resources uh, that we're going to have available to you in the long term yeah. uh, pretty shortly. Well, we so, just got to figure some things out. That's so right. We're working I, we'll, on that. You know we'll think of something. We'll think of something. We'll think of something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. And have a great week. Thank you for listening to this episode of You'll Think of Something. Just as a reminder, the views expressed in this podcast are the personal thoughts and feelings of the hosts and do not reflect those of their affiliated workplaces or larger organizations. To find more resources from the show, including the worksheet for this episode, visit ytos-podcast.com. You can follow us on Instagram at ytos.podcast. And please email us with feedback, with your worksheets, or with suggestions for future shows at ytos.podcast at gmail.com. And remember, don't worry, you'll think of something.